again and welcome to episode 9 of Sound Pollution. Join me for my very fun and wonderful interview with Thumper Salyer of Rock House Music Alliance. Um, I kept him for a long time during this interview, like an hour and a half longer than necessary because talking to him was just so much fun. I got to try out some interesting new interview questions and he's going to tell us about his life with music. Uh, Thumper also will share two songs for you listeners and gets to poke a little fun at his friend, Mr. Andy Serber, episode six, by the way, and tells a story to me and you uh, that involves Andy himself and Eric, uh, also episode seven, both of which are with RMA, and uh, it's pretty funny. I'm going to start this episode out with Andy telling us all about how he feels about Thumper and his musical abilities, and then we'll jump right into the interview, so hang tight. So on the label, we've got uh, Thumper Salyer. Thumper is a uh, very unique, unique artist. He's he's one of the best vocalists in the area. Probably one of the best songwriters I've ever. Uh, that boy can sing. He's 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 not natural. He's like a superhuman or something because he can go from silk to sandpaper with his vocals. I've played drums behind him for since we were. I don't know, 12, 13 years old, and there's not a night that we played a show that he didn't do something that just blew me away. And I forgot I was in the band. I thought I was there to see him sing, <laughs> sitting behind me playing for him. I'm like, what's he doing? You're like, oh, uh, yeah, I'm supposed to be playing drums right now. Yeah, but he's uh, he's an amazing songwriter. He has, he has a very, very unique ability to span any genre. He's... Uh, He's officially dubbed all Americana because he does span several different genres. He can do a country song. He can do a hard rock song. I mean, he can do a gospel song. Thumper can do anything. Every time he comes to us and grabs an acoustic and sets it down, it's like, hey, I've been working on this. You know, we're just mesmerized at what he comes up with. And you match that with his vocals and uh, the, the stuff that Arnold does on the tracks with... Uh, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the instruments is, is phenomenal. So we're really excited about uh, about his career going forward. So just tell everybody who you are and what you do. I'm self-employed and I write and try to record music. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of music? I don't like to be genreized or put into any kind of genre because I think that's a bunch of hype anyway. Good music is good music, no matter what the rhythm or the beat is. How long have you been writing music? I've been writing music since since I was about 10 years old, I guess. Like your own stuff since you were 10? Yeah, I was writing gospel songs when I was about 10 years old, yeah. You knew at a young age, this is this is what I like. Oh yeah, that's that's what was handed to me here. Here, boy, you ain't too too smart. Do this, okay? Oh, Jesus. I'll do that. <laughs> uh, what was the first song you wrote? Do you remember? I remember. Yeah, 
It was called I Believe in Me. It was a gospel song. I was about yeah, nine or ten years old. Don't ask me the lyrics. I can't. I was so going to do it, but I won't now. <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be sad, me trying to remember that. So somebody was like, this is this is what you're, you you need to do. And you just, you picked it up and rolled with it. Yeah. So it obviously felt right to you. Do you know what it was? Well, I was brought up in church from the time I was three years old until I was 15. And that's, I was in church singing and playing and music at least four nights a week. That was it. That's what I know. Just clicked for you. Yeah, I did. That, like I said, I'm not very bright. I don't have a a big repertoire of things I can do. So, <laughs> well, if you couldn't do music, what would you do? Oh dear God, <laughs> that's a hard one. That's one of the new questions. Ooh, that's a James Lipton question. Oh man, uh, it would have to be in the entertainment field somehow. Like a producer, a promoter. Absolutely. I would love to be a, a producer. I think I think I would be good at that. I may not be the greatest producer in the world, but I think I could be successful. You know, it must be, I mean, as hard as it is to be a successful singer-songwriter, because it isn't easy. I think a lot of people think it's easy that there's this story, you know, behind it, like you can like that movie rock star like you'll just fall into it and it's it's not like that at all which is why a lot of people don't make it but to know in your soul early on that that is who you are has to kind of take some of the weight off your shoulder maybe take some of the choices away <laughs> okay this is what you're doing okay it makes sense i'm not that i'm good or anything but that's the only thing that ever came fairly easy to me i mean not that, that I, i'm good at it but understood if that makes sense i ever completely understood right no that does make sense and I, I think trying to do something else when you know that that's what you're supposed to be doing would just cause unhappiness absolutely and not just for you but for your family because you'd be unbearable absolutely unbearable that's what i am <laughs> <laughs> outside of church what was your first what was your first time playing in front of people Let's see, uh, Clay Davidson, local star here, Firewall concert. He was leaving Saltland, going to Nashville, and, you know, he's got that story. And he'd done his Firewall concert, and I was 12 years old, and I sang three or four songs there. That was the first big thing I did. And did that just cement your drive to feel the, the audience sort of feeding off of you? Oh, yeah, that did. But there's a lot of people there. See, beforehand, it was just, if you if it wasn't church, you'd go they'd, on the weekend or somewhere, you'd, there'd be a few people gathered around just playing music. People would gather and pick. Where I come from, that's what happens. People just get together and pick and play. And, mm. you know, it's not like a show. That's like the first show that I ever, like, was a part of. And I remember that feeling. And I remember feeling weird for a minute because my mama, she dressed me up all nice and, Give me this Bon Jovi jean jacket with the fringes and crap hanging off. Oh, right on. Big old cowboy hat. You know, I look like, you know, like something from Mars or something. <laughs> Here I am, I'm 12. I'm a fat kid. You know, I weigh about 280 at 12. So. But, yeah, I remember the reaction from all those people at once. I've never played in front of that many people. I mean, it feels good. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, oh, so you've been singing and songwriting since you were a kid, obviously. Um, for you, for you, what comes first, the lyrics or the the music? It depends. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I'll get a melody in my head, and that sticks with me. And <clears throat> sometimes I've got some lines wrote down that that I really like. And but it, it depends on the song. I mean, if you're going to be creative, you have to be open. To inspiration from every angle. If you're not, then your creativity just shrivels up, man. It's gone. Have you had writer's block? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) I mean, like, how do you get past that? I I mean, me and Eric talked about that briefly because I was, I told him what I did. So, what do you do to get out of it? The worst thing you can do with that is to push it. I don't care what nobody says. Don't make it come. Let it come on its own. I mean, I can sit down and finish it if I have to, but it's not going to be the quality that it would be if it just flowed, if that makes sense. No, it makes sense. The recorders with the little bitty cassette tapes. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I did Pauline on one of those for like two months, or at least a part of it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. The tape recorder was better than writing it down for me because I got the, the lyric and the melody that was in my head at the same time. Okay, right there it is. That's where I was going with the arc melody. And What is your favorite lyric that you've ever written? Oh, dear God. Yeah, that's a new one, too. Man. You can thank Andy. <laughs> he gave me no ammo, so I had to come up with something. You can just give me the answer. What's what's the best lyric I ever wrote, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite lyric somebody else wrote or one that sticks with you? Chris Knight. It ain't easy being me. Ah, good answer. That's a, a damn good line. No matter what the context, that that's a great hook. That's a great line. That yeah, works. it is. And it, and it could lead to so many different Thanks. Well, again, my favorite lyric is not even in a song. It's a line that I wrote down. What would I do with it? Okay. I'm not a very nice person. That's not what you'll hear about me. But it is what it is, and I am what I am, and that's all I'll ever be. See, I knew it'd come to you. Tell me more about Pauline. Like you said, you, you were working on it for months. What's it about? As most songs, it's a mixture of different things and people. I know people get upset when you say stuff like that, but you know, I don't think I've ever written a song that's about one specific. I use references from everything, if that makes sense. Yeah, from life. Yeah, that just pertain to the subject. I write about subjects, not about people, although it seems like it's about people. It's like Pauline, I carried around that, you know, Pauline, where are you going? Guy come to. I carried that around for, like I said, three or four months, maybe. And that melody. And I thought, well, that's that's a weird melody. <laughs> if I can turn that into something. <laughs> it's a good melody. Thank mm-hmm. you.
with the alabaster jar. I want a chance to redeem myself and reconcile with you. stress it enough Um, it's got a sad undertone to it and it took me down a rabbit hole of other songs which I don't know if I should thank you for that or tell my therapist about that (laughs) 
Well, music is therapy. You know that. What brought that song about? That's actually one of the exceptions that's uh, actually almost about, you know, a person. Like I said, you know, most songs I write are, you know, the subject. That one's, that one's basically about one certain person. Well, that sounded really sad. <laughs> it well, did. Some, you know, you change names and locations and such. <laughs> I need you to stop living my life. That's all I have to say. And now there are some harmonies. Is are Do you do the other harmony part or did somebody else sing it with you? Yeah, I laid the harmony on far away. Yeah, I thought it might have sounded kind of female there toward the end. <laughs> I was like, okay, whatever. No, no, I mean, in my head, I could hear how you could easily turn it into a duet. Yes, I thought that, yeah. Especially with those harmonies. I wanted it kind of raw. I wanted it, you know, not very polished at all. Mm -hmm. Because, see, I'd released Pauline first. And Pauline is about as polished as you can do me. I mean, that's... <laughs> so good. As a matter of fact, I happen to know the boys. They did not like that version of Pauline at all. Oh, really? And I, when, it, when I first heard the mix, I was like, I don't know if I like that or not. Because it just... I've never been that far. You understand what I'm saying? You you hear yourself that polished. It sounds so professional, the way the dude mixed it and everything. He did a really good job. Yes, he did. And I was like, I, I don't think I should do But the more I listened to it, the more I liked it. I, I didn't feel like it took away from the song. Whereas no. I like, you know, being raw and, and, you know, having that. But I didn't think that the professional sounding mix took away from the emotion of the song, if that makes sense. I can see why you'd feel that way, but that's radio ready. Yeah. Another bloodshot Monday morning Standing in the door I don't think I like this place Anymore if you're not here All the beauty seemed to disappear I've tried to go out dancing Doesn't help at all I drank St. Louis dry I only seem to fall It happens every time I can't seem to get you off my mind Yeah, I've searched this whole town over Nothing seems to ease the pain I keep going Somewhere for us to stay You know it's been hell We'd be better off somewhere else 
little Johnny ask about you all the time says for me to tell you that you're always on his mind he said that your favorite song you should see how far he's come along and I would give anything if I could touch you Just one more time I keep calling But you're so Your smile, you put your tender hand in mine and walk with me a while. You would come back home. Oh, just like you were never gone. Now, talking to this granite slab seems so harsh and cold. Johnny says it's time to go We've got to carry on He had these flowers to sing Did you say something or was that just the wind? I would trade anything Just to hear your sweet voice one more time you've been writing music for so long have you you've been performing for a long time as well how many places do you think you've performed at by now uh well see i come in on the tail end of the honky tonk scene mm-hmm. a lot of people don't understand because the honky tonk scene is gone man it ain't what it was it's over and it's never coming back it's gone we live in a digital era in a completely different age now and i come in on the tail end of that mm-hmm so I was lucky enough to catch it, but unlucky enough to watch it die. Ouch. And, and to feel like I became obsolete overnight. We come up in the honky-tonks, me and Andy, Arnold, we all had bands together. We'd 
there was a time when you could honky tonk as a cover band. Top 40 band could make a living playing music. Just play the top 40 on the country chart. Yeah. Literally. I mean, we, I don't want to say toured, but you went from honky tonk to honky tonk each weekend, you know, and that's over. It's gone. It's turned into something completely different that I'm still trying to, to grab a hold of 15 years later. <laughs> you know, yeah, so. it's turned into big music festivals instead. And, and I'll tell you what happened. I remember the beginning of it all. Here we was, and we was making money in the hockey docks. I mean, me and Arnold at one time played in a six-piece band uh-huh. and over a two-day weekend. Because you play Friday and Saturday, and then you tear down Sunday and go home. Over a two-day weekend, my take was over 600 bucks, and this was 20 years ago. Right. I mean, you could make a living doing this. No problem. Now it's all changed, and I remember about that time, that's when karaoke came up. (laughs) I told everybody, I said, this is it. So being the genius I was, I went to karaoke. (laughs) I mean, you got to do what you got to (laughs) do. I went to karaoke for five or six years. (laughs) Gotta pay the bills. Yes. And I'm not gonna act like I don't like karaoke, but it's not the same. <laughs> I do like karaoke. That's not the problem. It's just that at the time, you know, it kind of killed the live band. That mm-hmm. was the beginning of the end of the honky tonk band. Because it was cheaper for the club owner to give the karaoke guy a couple hundred bucks yep. than it was to pay a six piece band, you know, six hundred bucks to come in and play. Which yep. I understand. It's basic numbers and business. That's how life goes, but it doesn't make you feel any less bad about it. <laughs> right. You're not, you're still watching your livelihood change. Yeah. So, so you probably played everywhere. What was your favorite city to play in? Well, I liked playing locally when I was, when I got older, when I was younger, I liked to travel away. I played, uh, Andy lived in Texas for a while. It's what comes to mind when you when you talk about Mr. Server. Kind <laughs> of feller Mr. Server is. This is what makes Mr. Server so great. <clears throat> he was living in Texas and he kept calling me, calling me every weekend. Hey T, you got to come out here. You got to, we got the I can book this, I can do this because Andy's like that. He's, he's Yeah, a he's forward, a worker. Yeah, he's a forward thinking person all the time. He's always thinking forward. Never um, which is what I need because, you know, <laughs> I'm in neutral most of the time. <laughs> hey, I'm right there with you. I am right there with you. Did you go? Yeah, finally. Which, if you know anything about Texas in February, the weather goes up and down. And I liked Texas when I was out there. I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, <laughs> you did want to go to Austin. Yeah, I've been through Austin. Yeah. Just, to, just because of the music. There, there's just music everywhere. Absolutely. It's the new night. It became the new Nashville. I've been to both, and I've seen people in the streets of both cities that can play and sing better than anybody you've ever heard on the radio. Trust me. Oh, I believe it. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It's hard. It's a hard business. It is a business. It's being in the right place at the right time. I mean, at that time, it kind of was. I mean, you had to. There were certain rules you had to go by. I kind of dig living in this age. It took me a while to get used to it. But there's there's no restraints on the artist anymore. There's no, oh, you can't do that or do it this way or we don't want you to do it that way. 
you can do it however you want to anymore. And that's that's the big thing about RMA. We just do whatever we I mean it's your song, however you want to do it. If people yeah. don't get it, that's you know, that's just life. Not everybody's gonna like you all the time. You're always gonna have a hater. Oh yeah, God, yeah. So I mean if you're always gonna have a hater, why not do it the way you wanna do it? Exactly. And even if that means you gotta ask for help. You can't do this by yourself, folks. <laughs> I mean, you, Jim Croce did, but, you know, we're not Jim Croce. <laughs> well, not everybody's a genius, and that lucky. Not everybody can just put, you know, four chords together and string along a, a five-minute song and hit gold just like that. So your favorite city to perform in was somewhere in Texas? In Texas. I don't have a favorite city out there, but okay. I like playing in Texas. Well, did like you- I said, Andy wanted me to come out there. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't released anything, or but you know, me and Andy had laid down demos and stuff like that. And I get mm-hmm. out there, and I'm playing, and people know the lyrics to my song, like I had been on the radio or something. That must have been an incredible feeling. It is. I mean, have you you ever had that feel where you get on the stage? There's a, a few people, I don't want to say how many, but there's people out there, and you go to sing a song you wrote, that you've never met these people at all, and they sing along with you. They know the words to your song that you wrote in your little crappy trailer. You know what I'm saying? I I hear what you're saying. I don't know what that's like. It's it's a surreal experience. I wouldn't trade it for nothing. Do you have any crazy road shows? Are like stories? Oh, uh, are you kidding? I play with Andy Serber. I've got plenty yeah. of road stories. Give me a good I, one. I heard that podcast where you interviewed Andy, and that uh, like he's just trying to be nice. This is not right. Oh. <laughs> is he not nice? <laughs> Go ahead and tell him the truth, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had our share of crazy road. I can't. I got. <laughs> I've got kids now. I don't know if I should say. Okay, here this ain't a road story for you, but this is an old goodie. It involves me and and Andy and Eric all three. Okay. When we were teenagers, we we had a little band. You know, like I said, we've all played together for twenty years or better. So anyway, it's winter time, and Andy's got this old blue minivan, and we're at the Rock House, the original Rock House. We're in our late teens, so. Uh, I'm not condoning partying, but we were partaking of <laughs> some partying. We, you know, we were drinking beer and having a good time. Young musicians but, doing what young musicians do. It's fine. Playing music, drinking beer, you know. It's winter time. There's snow on the ground. What else you going to do? Anyway, down the road is a, a place called The Little Store. Uh, some dude bought out, had a couple pool tables in there, and every weekend he'd have a little little get-together there where they'd all gather and have a beer, you know, and had a little stage in there and play music and everything. And now, we were kids, mind you, at this point. We weren't. Literally, we are like 15, 16 years old. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I said, well, you know, truth's the truth. <laughs> anyway, we decided, hey, we're going to go bust up the party because that's just how you are. Like, we're musicians. We'll go down there and play. Mm-hmm. Here we are, piling out into the van. Whirly's got shotgun because that's that's what really saying. He's got shot, yeah. We go out to get in the van, and the door is froze. It's froze shut. Like I said, there's, there's at least three or four inches of snow on <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah, we've been inside drinking beer all day. We didn't know there was all that snow. We didn't know it was that cold. 
teenager, you and I are drinking beer, you ain't looking at the window. No. We're trying to get in the van, and I told Worley to pull on the bottom of the door. I said, you pull on the bottom of it, and I'll pull on the top. We'll see um, if we can't bust it loose. Well, he gave it a good yank on the bottom, and I give it a good yank on the top, and it just hit Worley right in the noggin and knocked him cold as a turd. I mean, he just got off. And four inches of snow, just a snoring like he was taking a nap, you know. Anyway, Andy said, have you killed Worley? And I crawled up in the back and shut the door, and I said, no, he'll get up here in just a minute. <laughs> <laughs> he might have a concussion, but he's all right. <laughs> hey, when you're 16, you know, I ain't no EMT. He seems to be alive. That's all I He's breathing. <laughs> Different times, different times. And that wasn't even a gig, that was just us deciding to go play somewhere. <laughs> All right, listeners, that was this week's episode featuring Thumper Salyer of RMA. Make sure you show them also some love on Facebook, and that link will be below. Also below there, all the links for his music is accessible. I also wanted to let you all know that I have almost finishing updating uh, the YouTube channel for Sound Pollution, which will have all the episodes of Sound Pollution uploaded to it. It'll just be another new way to listen to the episodes. But I am going to tell you in advance, sorry guys, there is going to be no video or anything like that at this point. And I am still working on that blog, but... My time is limited sort of due to the new normal being not so normal. And I'm not entirely sure what to write about yet. I know it's going to be about independent music, but that's still pretty broad. So I'm kind of juggling some ideas around. But any info or ideas you might have for me are welcome. Email me at the link below. And as always, be sure to like, follow, subscribe, download, and share Sound Pollution. Starting out a podcast is very difficult and challenging and time-consuming, even though it is a lot of fun. It's it's hard to get that jump start, so any help I can get from the listeners I have now, I'm going to accept it with open arms. Share and share away. And um, thanks, everybody. Make some noise. <laughs>